Blake Powell is living. It's going to have a short life. Good morning, and welcome to The Daily Buzz. I'm Palak Jaiswal, your host. Lake Powell is low, really low. As of Tuesday, the lake is 24% full, and it probably won't get much higher for its peak in July. With the mega drought, it looks like a real possibility that Glen Canyon Dam won't be holding back a reservoir forever. So... Is the lake really doomed? Grant Burningham talked to the vice president of the Glen Canyon Institute about what life could look like after Powell. With us to talk about Lake Powell is Wade Graham, who is on the board of trustees with the Glen Canyon Institute. Is Lake Powell wounded or is it dying? Lake Powell is living its lifespan, which is limited. Lifespan of all dams is limited, all reservoirs, and this one is accelerated. (laughs) It's going to have a short life. Short life, do you see it lasting 10 years, five years? The conditions for which it was built no longer obtained. The assumptions under which it was designed are no longer the case. So it's not that it's going to disappear or somehow you know, just vanish. It, it, it's just going to, it's no longer going to be what it was designed to do to be. And it is going to be both difficult to manage, unsatisfactory from almost any point of view, uh, whether it's recreation or hydropower or water supply, unless we rethink it, unless we re-engineer it, unless we re-understand what our relationship to the Colorado River is going forward. So your group, the Glen Canyon Institute, started dreaming up an end to this dam kind of during what I guess we could call now the wet years back when the the reservoir, the Lake Powell was full to the brim. Why did you guys want to get rid of the dam back when it was working? Well, the decision to build the dam was a political decision. It was to satisfy the upper basin states complaints that the river had been really financed and engineered for the benefit of the lower basin. Um, there was no hydrologic reason to have built Glen Canyon Dam. It's a really bad place to put a dam. Uh, no one uses the water directly out of it. It's below the lower basin's intakes, and it's kind of a big evaporation tank. So the environmental community has always viewed it as an enormous mistake, a politically motivated one with a really a lot of costs. And also, it was understood from the beginning that the, the assumptions about hydrology were made based on a set of measurements on the river 20 years of measurements that the USGS took early in the 20th century that were clearly anomalous. It was clearly uh, not going to be that much water in the river. And it was also clear that we were going to keep taking more and more out. So that uh, the idea that we'd have two full reservoirs on the Colorado was untenable. So we saw a situation from the beginning where you were going to have two half-empty reservoirs, both evaporating you know, incredible amounts of water in the desert sun. So if you have two half-empty cups of coffee, just put it all in one cup and you can restore Glen Canyon, uh, you know, which is almost 200 miles of the Colorado and plus the Escalante and the San Juan and the side canyons, and at the same time restore the Grand Canyon, which is being destroyed ecologically by the presence of that dam. What does the end of Powell actually look like? Uh, It's hard to imagine the dam just disappearing. Is that what's going to be required, though? We don't think so. And the dam's designer and builder, Floyd Dominey, when he was was commissioner of the Bureau of Reclamation and built the dam, he sat down with the founders of Glen Canyon Institute back in the 90s, and he said, look, it's more trouble than it's worth to take this dam out. What you need to do is allow the river to flow through it. And he took a napkin. They were sitting in a diner. He took a napkin and a pen, and he said, here's how you do it. And he drew a little diagram of 
drilling new outlet tunnels around the base of the dam at the bottom so that you could both run water and sediment through the structure, but you leave the dam in place. We think Floyd Dominey was right about that. I wonder if you've seen politicians, leaders take these ideas more seriously in the last couple of years. <laughs> well, certainly hope so. At least in public, there's no sign of serious alarm. I think we are seeing, uh, at least the folks who know how the dam works, the Bureau, saying that there is a serious question of safety below power pool. When you go below the power intakes, you have to shut the turbines off. And then you're left with the river outlet works, which are rather small holes below it on the face of the dam. They weren't really designed to regulate the flow of water through it. They're either on or they're off the valves. And they've never really been used before. So I think the engineers understand that this is risky. Some kind of an engineering fix has got to happen. I am hoping that the federal government is finally understanding that it's not going to ever be like the past. It's not going to, the drought's not going to end. It's not going to suddenly go back up and be, uh, you know, 1965 houseboating on Lake Powell anymore. And we need to come up with some serious solutions for, for a very different future. If the dam goes away or if Lake Powell goes away, obviously you lose recreation, you lose power, you lose some water storage. Are there plans for those things in the event that Lake Powell could never provide them again? Well, let's be clear. Lake Powell is drawing down due to the state of things. First of all, much less water is coming in naturally down the rivers. And second of all, we're taking far more water out than is, than is tenable. So it's the Lake Powell is just going away. It's going to change. We're not going to lose recreation. We're going to shift to a different kind of recreation. It might not be 85-foot houseboats because you can't get them in or out. But, you know, the rivers are coming back and that kind of recreation is far more sustainable. In my view, it's a better way to see the canyons and to understand the canyons. And I think it will also support a more region wide recreational economy in Greater Glen Canyon. We'll just be concentrated at the three or four marinas where there's a gas pump. Hydropower is also just going away per force as the water drops. And the grid has been planning for this for a long time. They're replacing it with renewables, uh, that, which are more reliable at this point at any rate. So change is coming. It's, doesn't, it's not the end of the world. It's actually probably a better world, and we need to be planning for it. Okay, Wade Graham, thank you so much for talking to us. Thank you. Thanks, guys. On Tuesday, University of Utah Health provided the media with an update on the ongoing baby formula shortage. Experts warned against diluting formula with water and making homemade formula. They also provided an update from the FDA and USDA about the Abbott facility in Sturgis, Michigan, where there were concerns about the production of bacteria-contaminated formula. And finally, happy Nathan Chen Day. That's right, the Olympic gold medalist now has a day dedicated to him. State legislators, Governor Spencer Cox, and the Utah Sports Commission plan to honor Chen in the Capitol Chamber with a ceremony and declaration of Nathan Chen Day today. Chen is scheduled to perform with other Olympians tonight at the Maverick Center with the Stars on Ice exhibition tour. Thanks for joining us. That's all today for The Daily Buzz, but make sure to tune in tomorrow for the biggest headlines of the day. A big shout out to the local band, The Pelicans, for providing our music, and thanks to Daniel Rubio for editing this episode.